Welcome to the HR Stories Podcast, listener question edition, where there is a lesson in every story. Each week, the team at HR Stories Podcast shares questions from our podcast audience and provides tangible, practical advice that everyone can use to get HR right. Our hosts today are management and HR consultants, Chuck Simikian and John Tallheimer. What is on your mind today? Welcome, everyone. My name is John Tallheimer, and I am here with Chuck Simikian, the Chief Human Resources Officer for the team at HR Stories. And today's episode is our question and answer episode, uh, where we get three questions from listeners and we dive into how to answer them. Um, So we got three great questions, Chuck. Are you excited? Are you ready? Have you been studying? I I am ready, and I had to do a little research on one of them, so uh, let's go. Very excited. All right. That's good. All right. Good. All right. So let's start from Sally from Oregon. I love that name, Sally. Mine was my grandmother's name. Um, All right. (laughs) So here's what Sally says. My new employer is sending me on training to Los Angeles. Can I bring my significant other? I just got a new job as a director of human resources that is 75% hybrid, but the training is in person. I will be flying to a different city uh, six hours away to do the training from Friday until the following Monday in two weeks. I would like to bring my significant other because he has the weekend off. Is this common or is it unprofessional? Do I have to tell the CAO? And if so, how do I tell them? All right, Chuck. So we have Sally here, just got a new job, director of human resources, wants to give a great impression on her new boss. Should she bring her significant other to this training? What do you think? Go alone. Go alone. I mean, look, okay, there's a bunch of things in play here. Number one, uh, I would think that if you did show up and you brought your significant other and they and and they're you're in the hotel, I bet you I'm sure it'd be no uh, problem. They may not know, uh, well, he or she, or they are there. Uh, and so it, but I don't know what business this is. Sounds like a seven day a week operation. If you're training Friday to Sunday, uh, or Monday. So I don't know if it's a, um, um, oh, and you know, I, I don't know if it's, there's too many variables here. So if I have to give you advice, I would say go alone, number one. Number two, if you are really insistent on bringing that person, then you really should say something. But that's not going to make a great first impression. Right off the bat, it's like, okay, uh, what do we got here? You're just going to raise doubts in the other person's uh, mind. However, with the CEO, but I will tell you, you could drop the hint, John. You could drop the hint. You could, uh, in maybe your next conversation with the CEO, you could say something like, oh, I'm um, trying to wrap things up. My significant other, whether boyfriend or fiance or husband or wife, uh, they're going to be on their own for the first time and in a long time. So I want to make sure they're all set up. And then you leave that door open. And the CEO says, what? No, why don't you bring them along? They can stay in the hotel room. I'm sure that's no problem. Then you're good to go. But if they don't take that hint, do not bring them. Just go alone, be separated, 
uh, in the short term so you can be together in uh, bliss in the long term. That's my thoughts. <laughs> I Yeah, I don't know. I would be a little different. I do agree um, that my first reaction is you're there to do training, right? And so you don't know what that training is going to be like. Um, you know, so both Chuck and I do workshop facilitation. We do training. Sometimes those, um, on-site trainings are, we train in the morning and then there's some kind of group activity that they do in the afternoon. Right. right, team building group activity they do in the afternoon. Sometimes we do full day training, and then they have an evening dinner or lunch. I mean, a dinner where they go out and they just kind of bond, and so you're binding with all those people. Um, and so it is hard to kind of oh, how would you integrate with your significant other? What's the expectation of the significant other? Right, all of those things on there. Um, it may be a great opportunity, right? And so you have to kind of really do that. My approach would be different than Chuck's, right? I would be like, walk up to the CEO and go, hey, what's what's the normal um, situation in terms of this training? Do people bring significant others? Are we going to have free time? What is it going to be like there? I want to know more about the training. And then you can make a decision based on that. They may say, oh, no, don't bring your significant other. We're really blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, we love having significant others. So ask, be upfront there. I think, though, right? And so, Chuck, I'm going to kind of throw a twist on this. A couple of things that I want to think about, right? And so my assumption is this training is not being put on by the company. And I say that because she's the director of human resources. Typically, they would be involved in the training. And so Mm -hmm. now I'm going to ask, okay, so what kind of training is this? Why is this going to benefit me? And so... My guess is, right, and we know people that do this, is the training's on the weekend um, because the the company doing the training has decided that's when they can get the best attendance. Um, and so I would then, I would, again, just talk to the boss, right? And so, but as a director of human resources, I would think about, okay, who's going to that training? Is there going to be alcohol involved, right? And going back to your... Um, the webinar you did, Scott, uh, Scott uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Chuck, is that your name, right? Um, going back to that webinar you did about holiday parties, I think that could all of those could be encapsulated into what to do about training in terms of serving alcohol, not serving alcohol, right? Um, in terms of religious accommodations, all of those things in there. Um, and so as the director of human resources, think of it as a test and go, all right, well, if we're doing this, is there going to be alcohol involved? What is, what what's the liabilities for the company? And then may also present that. I mean, that's you know not a part sure. of the question, but something to think about there. So, um, no, I got all you. right. Yeah, that's it. Well, any other thoughts before we move on? I thought it was a good well, my, good question. My, yeah, I like that. I like that because people want to do that. But I got to tell you, my default new employer first impression, I would just go alone uh, and 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 feel it out because it looks like there may be other opportunities in the future, but I would not, I would not broach it. So that's my thought. Yeah. I get that as well. Um, All right, John, yeah. we got another question. Yeah. From Angie. Um, she re- Angie. This is a good question. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to guess this is the one you did a little research on. All right. So here it is. Uh, Angie says, I recently discovered an employee is recording her teammates when she leaves the room uh, 
to find out what they're saying about her when she is gone. It's a small office, three mm -hmm. people on a remote location, right? So this is not in their big office, but it's in the remote thing. And let's just say it, it's not good. I feel the employee who feels compelled to do this, uh, she said is recording to protect herself, quote unquote, although from what she, well, from what she could not say. I'm sitting down with her tomorrow to talk. Our culture is everything to us. And why I couldn't imagine this going on in the home office where she works, I'm not so as intimate with the nuances of the remote office. Besides checking in and encouraging her to foster her relationship with these other two employees, any other words of a wisdom's in encouraging her to stop recording the employees in Texas if there is any laws that prohibit this too? Yeah. Bum, bum, yeah. I love this question. I love looking at this. And I have to say that, first of all, I, there's still so many questions I have of this. How do you know she was recording? How did we find well, out? What have yeah, we done I, with previous recordings? I mean. Yeah. So my understanding is that the person that was doing the recording told the questioner. Mm -hmm. If that helps, if that helps, yeah. I don't know if that helps me, but yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that's well, my here's, okay. Well, the overall law, right now it's okay. The overall law is now some States are two party consent, like Florida's two party consent. You cannot record without the other person knowing, Hey, I'm recording, but Texas is a one party consent state. So when I read that, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But there's a, a rub here, okay? One-party consent state, so you have the right to record a conversation as long as at least one party of the conversation consents and is aware of the recording. But it goes a little deeper. The interpretation of that is that um, it, it's, it's uh, the one party is involved in the conversation, right? So let's say uh, I'm... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record you, John, and I'm involved in the conversation. I'm talking to you. I don't have to tell you, okay? And so that's what that means. But here's the deal. If you are involved in the conversation, you can give your own lawful consent in Texas. But if you're not involved in the conversation, and based on what you told me, she is not involved in the conversation. She's leaving like a tape recorder in a room, and she's walking out. So with that in mind, under Texas law, you cannot lawfully make secret audio recordings uh, because you're not there involved in the conversation to give consent. So mic boom, drop. drop the mic. How's that? All right. Yeah. So what's your advice to Angie? My advice to Angie is tell her that what she's doing is illegal. Play the legal card. Unless you have a policy, a privacy policy, or something along those lines between employees, um, is you want to pull out the, the legal side of things. Um, but I don't know what policy, John that would cover that. And it's just, you know, the other people might pull out the legal side of things and say, that's illegal. You can't do that. And now that person has broken the law. That person could be terminated for breaking the law. Yeah. And I, I think that, I mean, that's what, um, 
I'm I'm putting on my hard hat now, um, and I'm thinking yeah. like, you're terminated. Like you've just told me that you're breaking the law, right? And so that would be the same yeah. thing if somebody says, "Well, I ro robbed the bank yesterday." You're not going to be like, "Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, that's nice. Thanks for telling me." Right? You're probably going to look into that person. They broke the law, probably, right? And that's again, that's the whole thing. And there's probably a code of conduct that you have that you could go back to and say, "Look, based on our code of conduct, you would not. It says you would not break laws or be do anything illegal. Blah blah blah. We're going to have to let you go. Terminate you immediately. Goodbye." Right? That's the hard hat. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take that on. I think there's. Two things. One, there's the recording, legal, illegal, stop immediately. If I catch you doing it again, you're going to be fired. And then the second thing is now I'm curious, though, what's happening that you feel that you need to record your coworkers when you leave the room? And I'm going to do an ill <laughs> investigation. Right. I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to talk to the other two coworkers, and I'm going to find what's going on there. Because is there any oversight in that office? Who's in charge? Who's responsible, right? And so I think there's a lot. And I think as the HR person, spending a lot of time in the big home office, I'm now going to start spending time in this office. I may work there remotely once a month for a couple of days just to see what it's like, just to get in there, building that yeah. trust up, building those relationships up to get there is all. So. Yeah. Well, here's a neat twist to this. Uh, according to the law, public conversations recorded in a public place are not subject to the same law. So let's say this person knew that these two people were going to whatever park bench in a public place and talking, uh, they could record the conversations there without their. So, you know, it's just really freaky tiki in the end why are you recording them what's the culture what's going on and ah you know <laughs> seriously and the other thing is if they don't terminate the employee and the other employees find out about it and there were conversations already done is the employer liable so if you got to protect the company uh, i think we got to go to your hard hat solution and you have to terminate <laughs> that person all right hard hat we're terminating so, them, hard Angie. Hat. Boom, hard hat, hard gone. hat. Um, right. And so, yeah, that's not us, though, Chuck. We're not the hard hat, hard hat people. No. Um, all right. So question and our final question of the day. Um, Jaylene asks, I have an employee who had some issue with micromanaging other coworkers, and she's not even a manager. Her manager has talked to her several times about this, and the employee has had meetings with me about it at her request. Now she's asking for me to sit in on her semi-annual review. I feel like that's not common and should be done as a part of a regular review. What are your thoughts? How would you handle this? The employee is a tenured employee and admits she's overstepped boundaries. I'm fairly new as I've always been part of a bigger HR team, but now I'm the one and only, right? Department of one. For reference, the E is right. fully remote but lives in the same city as our office and requested to come in for this meeting. The manager is full-time in the office. So what would you do? Sure. Well, the one thing I'm going to say, Jaylene, is make sure you are part of the HR team of one community on Facebook. That is <laughs> our uh, community is free and it is great. This question would be a great question to be posed on that HR team of one community on Facebook. Um, so many, um, 
little things to break down as far as what are the micromanaging. Sometimes we would call that being nosy and being pushy and being bossy and like stepping out of your lane, shall we say. In other words, in other ways, it may be a more senior person that says, hey, you know, you could get better results if you did this, if you did this, even though they're not the boss. Uh, but as I read the question, I think ultimately the question is, the employee's asking for the HR person to sit in on the semi-annual review. And the HR person is saying, what do I do? What are my thoughts? How would you handle it? I would yeah. sit in on the review. If the employee's asking for me to be there, I would be there. You know. Um, would you? Let me ask. But that's. that's mm -hmm. Would you? Um. So you're going to sit on the employee's review. Would you talk to the manager and prepare the manager that, hey, I'm coming in, blah, blah, blah. What conversation would you have there? Total game plan. Total game plan. Offense and defensive coordinator. Everyone's in there. What's the review? What's the deal? What's the behind the scenes? Tell me what you're not telling me. And um, we need to figure out what's the real issues here. And where are we going with this review? How can I support you in this review? How can I be like, okay, maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe we should. It would be a total structured game plan before I went in with that room. It would not, in, that employee would not be blind <clears throat> for efficiency so, I mean, purposes and, and everything. So you mean the employee wouldn't be blind or the manager wouldn't be blind? The manager, I would be, oh, okay. I would be with the man. I would touch base with the employee to say, well, what are your issues? Why do you want me in there? And then I would work with the manager to have a game plan between myself and the manager. Let me ask you this, because do you, when you hear that, like, hey, I, when you hear from an employee, I want you to be in my review with my manager. Do you get like a spidey sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I've touched base with the employees. Why do you want me in the review? Why do you need me there? Um, and maybe it might be like, well, I just want, I, I don't know. You never know. But when I tell folks your number one job is really to protect the company. So maybe there's something else going on, right? Uh, what else is happening? That's the big thing with HR is, issue spotting what else could be there so yeah talk to the employee why do you want me there what's going on and then you work with the manager to say what's in the review what are you going to be talking about and you play both sides so to be a total game plan in your own mind and also when the review yeah, yeah, yeah. happens you're there to to move it along so it's efficient and effective all right my next question based on this question not a new question so as an HR director or as an HR professional, do you find or do you think it's your responsibility to sit down uh, in the annual review or semi-annual review with every manager and employee to be part of every one of those conversations? Heck no. Heck no. No. Some HR people like to do that, be part of that. I, I never was. I would only be present just because the employee asked, and now that's raising a concern. 
Okay. Yeah. I just, I just wondered, I, I don't like as a manager, um, I no Less offense time for that. No, no offense to the HR people. Um, but I find that's a barrier for me building trust with this person. Right. Cause now oh, we sure. have another person, right. We have shorthand, right. We have company shorthand or we have team shorthand that we use. Uh, and we may act one way among ourselves, which may not be as HR friendly. Uh, like we may use a curse word here and there, right. That kind of stuff. Um, and so I, I do see that as a barrier, but I do think there is something, right? So I always teach my managers, there is something comforting knowing that you have that HR support in the room. So if it does go the wrong way, you can do that. But I don't want to set up as a cultural thing that, oh, either the HR person is going to be there every single time or the HR person is not going to be there. Because if you do yeah. it only when there's an issue... Then anytime that employee gets the invite and see HR is there, they already know there's an issue. Um, and so yeah. I would just be careful of doing that. So, that, I mean, again, the good answer, Chuck. I really Absolutely. Thank you for diving into that yeah. and thinking about And you that. brought up a great point. You brought up a great point. Let the managers manage. That's what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. And yeah. you're right. It won't build that trust. So beautiful. Three yeah, great I questions. Yeah. Thank and you. I think trust, right? I think trust is that and, and teaching your managers to manage, right? Um, doing that is so good. And Chuck and I can help with that. So if you need management training, reach out to us. It's just, it's one of the things I am so passionate about making sure that our managers are trained to do their job well. And when managers do their job well, HR job's easier. I tell you, it's easier. So, Woo. yeah. So All right. Well, thank you for listening to the HR Stories podcast, the Q&A edition. And don't forget, follow us, like us, comment, subscribe. We love our listeners and uh, we hope you love us too. <laughs> thank you for listening to the HR Stories podcast, where there is a lesson in all of our stories and our questions. Thank you for listening to the HR Stories podcast. The material presented in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Chuck and John always recommend using an employment lawyer or HR consultant to handle any legal concerns or HR issues. We do our best to double check sources and make sure the information we are providing is accurate. We may eliminate or embellish without changing the basic narrative to make the story easier to understand. In certain circumstances, we may change identifying information to protect the innocent. The HR Stories broadcast is brought to you by the team at HR Stories. The team at HR Stories is designed to help anyone with HR responsibilities be better at managing the employee experience. To engage with us, go to thehrstoriesteam.com and learn more about how the team at HR Stories can support your business or nonprofit. Thank you for listening to the HR Stories podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. <laughs>